Welcome to the Inspiring You Show, where we shine a light on healing whole health in our lives. We believe that in healing your story, you can transform your life. We are here to provide hope, tips, tools, resources, and a community so no one feels alone on this journey called life. I'm Henry, an intuitive empath, mindfulness meditation teacher, dousing and Reiki master teacher, and energy healer. This, my friends, is a vibrational experience, a remembering of the truth of who we are. The content is light encoded to assist you on your journey if you wish to receive for your highest good. Welcome to the show, everyone. So today we have a very special guest, Carol Doherty. And if you listened to a couple episodes back, she first came on and now we're going to have a, another chat. For those of you who have not listened, Carol is a really dear friend of mine. We met many, many years ago while we were training under the same intuitive energy healer. Since then, we've taken many classes together and we often talk about a lot of spirituality things and a lot of other things. Carol is a healer. She's also a physician assistant and energy practitioner for over 20 years. Carol has studied medicine, Reiki, crystal work, dousing, and intuitive coaching. Carol's healings are unique in that she works in both the physical and energetic plane. Carol has a special desire to help athletes. Her love of sports really inspires her to help find what's next and what's preventing the person from living at their most authentic self. Carol's here when you are ready to to transform and love your life. Welcome, Carol. Thanks, Henry, for having me back. Thank you. So today's topic, we're going to talk about, yes, it is possible to be mad at your spirit guides and then what to do. So first, Carol, can you define what are spirit guides? So for me, um, my spirit guides are souls who are in the ethers, what people can either call heaven or the ethers or the white light, whatever. Um, They are people who have assigned themselves to me. We've come together before I was incarnated. And they are people who may or may not have lived earthly lessons and lifetimes. Uh, but they've decided to take this journey with me in this lifetime. And they are people who I call on for support, education, guidance. Um, They're like those wise old college professors or your grandma or your wise friends who you go to in time of crisis and need, except they live in the higher dimensions. Well said. And just to give some more terminology, it could be, and it's not limited to guardian angels, archangels, ascended masters, enlightened beings, even if you resonate to star seeds, um, there can also be very other names for it. Yet I loved how you defined it. And something else just to kind of talk about in terms of spirit guides. So Um, I know that we've talked about this before and with our intuitive energy healer teacher that we worked with for many years, Nicole, we have um, discussed it with her, but let's talk, open it up where, so sometimes people think that your spirit guide team, they're with you for your whole life and your human experience, which can be true, but yet also there can be moments where that they graduate from working with you. You want to just talk about that and just to kind of give more um, context to what it is like to work with spirit guides. I think spirit guides um, come into your life for a very specific reason. Um, I've had my spirit guides pretty much my whole life. I have four. 
Um, but I've also had ones that have popped in and out for specific reasons. So there are, there are spirit guides that come into your life for your whole lifetime. That is correct. And then there's also spirit guides that can come in for a specific reason. If you're really working on abundance and you really want a spirit guide to help you understand your lack of abundance and what's prohibiting you from having abundance, you can actually call on a spirit guide to help you specifically for that. And when that issue is resolved, um, that spirit guide and you decide to part ways. Um, you can also have them for relationships or any of the other issues or, or concerns or desires that you have. You can contract a specific spirit guide for those particular reasons. And then you have the spirit guides that can stay with you your entire life. And with that, in terms of contracts, you always want to do for, say, for the highest good, just to remind Correct. everyone out there. And you can have spirit guide specialists for highest good. And just to kind of give um, a short story, years ago when I needed to um, have my car looked at, I dropped it off at the, um, the auto station, the repair station, and I was told that it was going to be thousands and thousands of dollars. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. I'm not going to take that information in. I'm going to go home. I'm going to meditate and I'm going to call on the spirit guides who are specialists who that work with cars. And I'm going to ask for the highest good solution for me, for the repair shop, for everyone that is working on it, for the price that is the highest good. And so even though they said it was probably going to cost thousands and thousands, a number popped into my head. Um, that I saw and I was like, oh, okay. Um, then if it could be 500 or less, that would be great. And so it ended up being that number that popped in that I saw during mm -hmm. the meditation and it wasn't thousands and thousands. And so in that, like you said, I contracted for the highest good with these spirit guide specialists that were in charge of cars and auto repairs and things mm -hmm. like that. And they are not you know, part of my everyday team. And like you, in terms of you're talking about, I do have four or five that are been with me since I was a child. I do have a team though of, you know, sometimes it varies, but there are sometimes like 72 around me, but there are a forefront that since I've been walking as a child, they've been with me. And there have been other times where some of them have, you know, we have parted ways. And what's interesting is when I did part ways with one of them, because they were with me for so long, I had feelings of like sadness and it was like yeah. the grieving process because they had brought a certain level of harmony and connection since I was a child. And so have you had that happen in terms of your relationship with spirit guides? I've, I've had, I look at spirit guides as like amazing friends. So if, if to put it in human terms, you have friends, sometimes you've had friends you've known since kindergarten and they're still your friends. And then there's sometimes you've had friends in college and they were there to help you learn and grow and study and figure you out as an adult. And then sometimes you have adult friends and some of your great adult friends are really great in math or they're really great in finance. So you go to those people when you have questions. And then there's those friends that you go to when you just need a hug or a friend, you know, that you call because you want to just go grab a drink after work. And, and then you have those ex next level of friends that are like, 
casual friends that maybe you just call every once in a while. And then there's even more like, oh yeah, I remember him from college. You know, I saw him, you know, a couple of days ago at dinner. That was nice, but you don't speak to him anymore. And that's how I kind of look at layering of spirit guides. Like you were speaking about where they're specialists and there are specialists who you might just call on once or twice, you know, in your entire life. And then you don't really have a lot of connection with them, but then there are spirit guides you've been with for years and then they just leave. I have a very dear friend who had a spirit guide who just left without saying goodbye. And that was really painful for her because she felt a connection to that spirit guide. And when she found that spirit guide later, she's like, yo, you can't just leave without saying goodbye. And he was like, yeah, but our work here was done. And it was a very contract driven. I came here to help you with this and you achieved it. So now I'm going to go because someone else needs me to work on things. But it was our attachment to them that caused her pain. And so sometimes we, we um, look for attachments in places that they may not necessarily need to be with our, with our team because our team is really helping hundreds and thousands of people, not just us. And so we have to remember that it's in the highest and best good for all, which is us, them, the rest of the world. So, so were you working with this person as a client or was it? It was a friend. It was a friend. And I think we, we had had started having this conversation about spirit guides and what they mean. And, and just like we're, how we're talking now, do they stay with us forever? And I think that's when I first started learning that, no, they don't always stay with us forever. We want them to. Do you think that that's an aspect in terms of separation programming where that it can be jarring or wait, you're not with me anymore? I think it is. And I also think it's like a human nature thing of like, we just expect there to be a goodbye. We expect there to be a, it was really great working with you. I hope you're okay. And I a think politeness. that's just a, yeah, politeness. We don't want to Is there like the spirit Irish guide goodbye. manners? <laughs> what was that? It's just like an Irish goodbye. <laughs> you just turn around, they're gone. It's like, uh... No, I think we just, you know, we want us, we want something that's very earthly from them, you know, and earthly to us as being polite and saying, okay, our time here is done. And this is the day I'm leaving. But what we forget is that um, time is different on the other side than it is from us. And so for us, we want them to say, okay, next Tuesday I'm leaving. Our contract is done. And they're just looking at the contract and saying, wow, this person has achieved the goal that they wanted or the assistance that they needed. And so my work is done. I'm going to go on to the next. And, and, so, with, and do you think depending on where the human is, because I've had moments where I've been really amazing with my meditation and I'm, you know, every day I'm meditating. And then there's some moments where I go on autopilot. So I may not have noticed that the contract has, has been completed. Right. And then when I wake up, I'm like, wait a minute, where'd right. you go? Do you think what that happened? Been, what happened? Do you think that could have been something with your friend where when she actually realized it was she came back into the awakening aspect yeah. of it and then discovered yeah. it, which could be more jarring. And so I guess my question is then, is there layers to it, you know, with the separation programming, with in terms of being here on earth where you're experiencing you can experience emotions like grief or loss in connection to a spirit guide. And also within this, can you describe separation programming just for the audience, for those who may be wondering what that's about? 
Um, I think with, with my friend, I think I'll think when you go back to why spirit guides leave, you know, in our, in our, um, thoughts as humans, the thing that's bothering us the most is like a Thor that's in our side. And every time somebody touches it, we're very aware of it. And then over time and work, we've actually removed the thorn and we forget that it's there. And because it's not in our hyper awareness, we think that, oh, it still must be there. You know, it still must be there. We're just not aware that it's gone. And so when the spirit guide is telling us, oh, the contract is over, you don't even have the thorn anymore. We have been so unaware of it that we have this new foundation that we're just not aware. And then the spirit guide leaves. And that's the thing that reminds us, oh, I have completed this thing because I'm now working on another issue and that other issue has precedence. So I think it's just about when you have completed something, you know, sometimes in the spiritual world, we get so used to completing tasks that we finish one thing and we move on to the next. And we don't take a moment to pause and say, oh, wow, I was working on this for a while and I've actually completed it. Let me just integrate this and let me just take a moment to really enjoy the fact that I did this and what did I learn from this? And is it time for me to let go of any contracts associated with that? But we're such in a rush to do the next that we just kind of skip that space and now we're on the next. Well, the spirit guide that was helping us with this their contract's over. So they they're leaving. They've left. We're the ones that sometimes actually leave before them. But we don't notice it until we go back to them and we realize they're not there. And then we feel abandoned. But actually we were the one that stepped away in a healthy way. But we wanted to be the one we wanted to have that goodbye. And I think that's kind of where sometimes we get stuck as humans. So it's interesting as you were saying that i imagine it's almost like we should have a graduation ceremony and party for ourselves to put it in like a human uh context where we've completed something woo yay here are the gifts congratulations mm -hmm. and really kind of i call it chair coaching having a chair coaching moment of just congratulating yourself a lot of self-love and appreciation and with that then the acknowledgement of the support of those around you, whether it's in the physical world or in terms of your spirit guides for highest good of those who right. have come to support you and then being in that you know, completion, which I think you bring up a good point about how sometimes we get so rushed though to complete the, you know, to check everything off, check the boxes off and going on to the next thing, which then can also bring us out of alignment, bring us into ungroundedness, which then can also plummet us more into the 3D aspect of this of this space and time. Even though we are in the 3D, you might shift though in terms of your vibrational awareness down into the 3D in that kind of fear aspect, which could connect into separation programming, which is just to kind of give it a, um, how would you describe separation programming? Um, I think for me, um, I think a lot of it has to do with us thinking that we're here by ourselves. That's how I look at it. We forget that we are actually from and connected to the divine. We're actually connected to each and individual person here. We are connected to our soul team at all times. There's never actually a separation. We are the ones that put separation um, because we all come from the same place and we all come from the same divine being. 
And it's ourselves and our ego and our mental brain and our 3D perspective that thinks and sees separation between you and I, or you and the trees or you and the animals. We're all connected because we're all vibrational and we're all energetic. And the avatar, this physical body is different. Um, And that's where people get stuck sometimes is seeing you and I are completely separate as opposed to saying Henry and I are exactly the same. How we're experiencing life can be different because our souls want to have different experiences, but we're actually the same and we're actually together. And so when we're in separation program, how that can look in terms of your human, you can feel ungrounded, unaligned, Mm -hmm. and you can sometimes be more caught in dense energies, which is when you're in that space, you can go into more of an unconscious um, state, which then could create more of this sort of um, autopilot living which means then you may not be aware of when things are in, you know, completion with like spirit guides for highest good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why taking the time to do energy healing, meditate and reflect can really support you going in that stillness. So, so one also just kind of bringing it back to making sure that you're appreciating and congratulating yourself as you go through these moments in life and taking that time is really important. So also with spirit guides, because Carol has talked about having a relationship, when you are in a relationship, whether it is in the physical world or if they're spirit guides for highest good, yes, you can be in excitement and joy and happiness and feel good. There are moments though that you can feel upset and you can feel disappointed and you can feel mad at your spirit guides. And Carol and I had been talking some weeks back about how we've each had experiences of being mad at our spirit guides. (laughs) And so we wanted to talk about it because people, it happens, it happens. So we want to talk about our experiences and then, you know, what you can do. So Carol. So I've rarely been mad at my spirit guides. I, um, And one to always, my first response when something happens, like, okay, there's a lesson here. Let's find the lesson. Uh, Until recently, (laughs) when I got super salty with my spirit guides. Um, So I was in a relationship. And at the beginning of the relationship, this is about probably a year ago, um, I was in deep meditation. And I was really um, sad and longing for my soul family at the time and just feeling lonely. And this person came into my life and I was like, oh my God, this is great. It's awesome. But I was still feeling that loneliness to my soul family. And in deep meditation one day, uh, my soul family came to you and said, you know, they said, listen, we know you've been sad and lonely and we've actually brought this person into your life, into a relationship so that you can feel more support on the 3D level, because we know you feel supported on the 5D level. We want to support you on the 3D level. So this person is here for your highest and best good. And I said, great. And I loved it. And fast forward about 10 months later, 11 months later, uh, this girl and I broke up. And I was mad, Henry. I was like, what? You told me this person was my person. You told me this was great. It was for my highest and best good. And I was mad because it, it the breakup came out of the blue. It was unexpected. And it was like, 
what, what is happening? Cause I went back to that conversation with my team and I was like, why did you guys say this? Like, why wouldn't you prepare me? Like you made it seem like this was the person, this was the person I was going to marry. You made it seem like this was a gift to me. This does not feel like a gift. This just feels like you set me up and now I'm miserable. And now I'm more miserable than I was a year ago. What the fuck? Like, this is horrible. I do not like this. And I felt really mad at them. And I felt like they lied to me. I felt like they were untrue to me. I felt like this was something that they knew was really important to me to be, to find companionship in the 3D. And I was mad and I was mad for a little bit of time. You know, I'm embarrassed to say for how long and how mad I was mad, but I got how mad. How long were you mad for? Probably a good month. Just mad. And that anger stopped me from meditating. It stopped me from checking in. And it really made me at the time I felt, wow, I just don't know if I can trust you again. I felt like there had been a breach of trust. And that's when I ultimately reached out to Nicole again. And I said, wow, I don't feel like I can trust my spirit guides anymore. They lied to me and I'm really mad at them. And just so, and the, that, so the audience knows, Nicole is our intuitive um, energy healer teacher that we worked with for many years. And Carol and I had regular sessions with her individually. And then for many, many years, her and I have each gone on to do other things and completed our work with Nicole. So when Carol is talking about now reaching out to Nicole, it has been years. It has been, so, been five it's years. It's been five so years. It was, I, this is a doozy. Like I didn't just reach out to her because I was like, oh, you know, something's going on in my life. It was like, no, we are at like DEFCON 5. Like I don't trust my spirit guides anymore. Like 911 now. Yeah, 911. And she got me in in like three days. It was pretty phenomenal. Wow. So, so mm -hmm. then there's this betrayal, this abandonment, this hurt, this, I mean, you are a lot of things happening at once. Mm -hmm. And so how, as you were moving through it, how were you then, you know, how, how did you workshop this to, um, release the anger to come back into trust? And this also, when you're talking about it, this is this is then going into the separation program too of mm -hmm. what it can mm -hmm. look like because mm -hmm. you're then shifting, you know, from that 5D you're talking about where now you're completely in 3D and now you're feeling really separate in that isolation and loneliness. Mm -hmm. So then how did you work through this? I think, you know, when we speak, like the last time we spoke, um, I really reached out to every single healer I knew. That's what I did. I allowed myself to be angry and frustrated and sad for about seven days. And then uh, I reached out, I started reaching out to people and I said, um, I needed a therapist. I went and saw a hypnotherapist. I went to get therapeutic somatic release massage. I went to get a sound healing. I literally, we did Reiki. We did Reiki. You saw me. I really, I reached out to every healer I knew and I said, can you help me? Like, I just need, if you can make me feel 5% better, like that's, that's what I need to help me to figure out how to feel myself again. So I think one, I allowed myself to feel angry. I didn't spiritually bypass it and say, well, you know, it's not right to feel angry at your spirit guides. No, I was mad. So I allowed myself to feel angry. 
Um, and then I started reaching out for support. And then I started hearing and listening to the information that was coming through, even if it was stuff I didn't want to hear. And then I started doing the work. And that's, that was my healing journey. So what does the work look like for you? So for myself, um, one, it was allowing myself to feel angry because I grew up in a home where anger wasn't accepted. So for me, it was about allowing my self adult self and inner child be angry and express anger and be okay with that. So that was part of the healing modality for myself. Um, number two is when people like yourself, when I went to have Reiki with you, it was like, I got the information that you told me and I started listening to that and, and hearing what you were saying about what my part was in that relationship, what my part was in regard to my healing and taking it in, in steps. Um, the main thing I, I realized for myself is I had become a, too codependent in the relationship. And so I started reaching out to Codependent Anonymous and Al-Anon meetings, and I got some books and I just started actually learning about the things that were coming up. So when people started saying, well, you know, there were some codependency to issues, I was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't pretend that that wasn't an issue. I just said, okay, well, if people saw that and I felt it, then let's fix it. And I just started getting into myself and I really did not think about the other person. I didn't want to fix the other person. I wanted to fix myself. And I think that's where the healing really began. And I started to take steps towards accepting my responsibility as to why the relationship didn't fail, why the relationship failed, even though I wasn't the one that broke up. And we can go into what Nicole and I were talking about whenever you want to talk so about the next what step. I want to talk about too, though, is, um, you know, you mentioned about, uh, you know, your spirit guides, how they had guided you. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to talk about how, like, yes, you can have soul connections and then these soul connections and human connections yet along the way, there's these experiences that are going to happen. And mm -hmm. so even though the guides are telling you information, it doesn't energy changes and things mm -hmm. are going to happen that possibly in the months to come that the guides aren't going to give you all the information because it's about the highest good for your human. And that's really the lesson that I learned when I had had my situation with Nicole, when I had my session with Nicole, she said, well, do you really think that they lied to you? And I was very indignant. I said, yes, they lied to me. They said this was the person. And she said, okay, well, let's just look at everything that's happened from A to Z. And I said, okay. And she said, so um, you're in this relationship. It's codependent. Do you think that without this person breaking up with you, you would have dealt with your codependent issues? And I said, no, because we were codependent together. It was great. And she said, okay. She said, what would have caused you to work on your codependency issues? And I said, probably us breaking up. And she said, correct. She said, if you look, let's go back and look at contracts, right? So spiritual contracts are when you have specific spiritual contracts with a person, you know, whether it's to be in a relationship with them or, you know, whatever, have an experience with them. 
So we started going through contracts and, and lo and behold, there was a contract there of this person breaking up with me. And it had to be so abrupt and so dramatic and shook me so much to the core that it forced me to look at my part of the relationship and say, wow, I, I got too codependent in this relationship. And now that this person is not in my life, I have to start working on this because this is going to prevent me from being in a healthy relationship with anybody. And then I went back to my soul team and I said, so when you told me this in the beginning, she's the right person. She was the right person. She was the right person to love me enough and me to love her enough that her breaking up with me is going to cause enough of a jolt that then I start working on myself, which is really for my highest and best good is to work on my codependency. And then through my codependency, when I clear that, then I'm able to be in a really healthy relationship. And so it's sometimes the way you ask your questions to your soul guides too, is they're not lying. They're answering the question you asked. We have to be better question askers, not just wanting, asking a question in a way to which we're going to get the answer that we want. Well, also, sometimes we may not want the full answer, too. Correct. Correct. We want the answer so we, we want, right? We might have so some at the amnesia. time, I was like, she's the right person, right? Right. Hanging them on. But looking back, they're like, yes, yeah, she's the right person for your highest and best good and your soul's growth. For right now. For right now. And the reality is she is because that breakup caused me start going to Alan and meetings and codependent meetings and reading those books. And it really started my journey of, of self-awareness about that issue that I have in my life. And it allowed me to take responsibility for that myself and the breakup and the lessons I'm learning from it and allows me to clear codependency habits and, and um, patterns that I have. And so all of that came because of this, which in ultimately my spirit guides were right. It's your highest and best good. But what my 3D mind meant was, no, no, is this the person I'm going to like get married to and be okay with? And in their mind, they're like, we're just looking at your soul's evolution. <laughs> like, we're, we don't care about all that 3D earth minutia stuff. And so once I realized that, I think that's where my healing really started and that's how I repaired the relationship of not being mad with my soul team is really looking at the overall lesson, their perspective of what they were trying to help me with, what I ultimately wanted to have as an experience, which was healing this codependency, right? And allowing myself to learn the lessons of it, clear those feelings, clear those patterns. And here we are, you know, a year and a couple months later a completely different person than I was a year ago. And dare I say happy that I went through that experience because it allowed me to do so much deep cleaning that I wouldn't have had before. And so you have, you've been, you have many, many tools and you are also, you know, an energy healer. Yet that doesn't mean that there's an escape in terms of your human aspect that you're working on. And right. I feel like sometimes um, people will think that, like even the work that I do, like, oh, it must be, everything must be great because you have all these tools. Well, no, there's still stuff. Like when you're saying your, you know, your, your core gets shaken, 
well, sometimes there's these dense energies that may have just been, you know, in my, in my human or my maternal tonal lineage and something then gets activated or it's been dormant. And I'm then asking for these intentions to manifest yet. I'm like, what is happening? Where's the block? Why does it feel stuck? And I'm in talks with my spirit guides. And then I'm asking about like, okay, how does this get cleared? And the next, you know, I'm in a situation and I'm like, whoa, my whole, my whole Mm. human gets, you know, shaken. And sometimes it has to get shaken so much that it creates that awakening, which is what you had in terms of that awakening where everything just cracked open. And even though it was so challenging and, you know, it just, the hurt, the pain, the sadness, and, and then, you know, the anger, the disappointment, you, you allow your human to move through it. And then, like you said, you did seven days and then you said, okay, I need to get help because you have all these years of experience now as a practitioner, as in terms of, you know, your own like energy healing work, working with clients. So you recognize the signs of what you need and then you reached out to everyone. And I wanna just share that because I just think it's so important for people to hear that we are here experiencing life. And you may have these amazing, amazing moments, which is incredible, yet you may have some other moments that don't feel so great. Yet, if you use the tools and reach out for support, you then can find your way through, the clearings can happen, you then get shifted and where now Carol is saying, you know, she feels in terms of, dare she says, happier. She, I mean, I can see it in your face too, as we're on zoom right now, you just look lighter and brighter and you're glowing even more so than you were before a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I'll say also, you mentioned something before we got on about being um, a Capricorn and mm-hmm. which is interesting. Cause can you share what you said about being a Capricorn? Wait, what did I say? Come on girl. You know what you said? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> This is where the amnesia comes in. I know. <laughs> where being a Capricorn, you have to know. You have to oh, know. Oh, that's what I was saying. I was saying that, you know, as a Capricorn, I don't like to get involved with something unless I know for sure it's going to work out. <laughs> I mean, do you think this is what the guides are helping you with in this contract? This could also be a, this could also be a learning lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Which I asked Carol, I was like, so have you been clearing that in terms of your astrological sign? Because as a human, we come here and the only thing that is gifted is this present moment. And so if you do need to have what's going to happen tomorrow, how do you stay grounded in the present? Yeah, I think the thing that I'm learning is really just taking it day by day. And it's so cliche, like, but I found that through this breakup, I can honestly say it was the first time in my life I literally lived my life day by day. Mm. There were days where I could just barely get up and get, take a shower and feed myself. And, you know, it was difficult and it was challenging, but I, I needed that. I needed that understanding of how to live day by day and say, okay, today, everything's fine. I have money in the bank. I have food. I'm actually okay. And okay. And I don't know if I would have ever had that lesson without that breakup. Um, And I think that's really ultimately what the universe has been trying to tell me in different ways throughout my life is really just stay present, stay grounded in the moment. Don't 
try to plan so much of your life. You know, as a Capricorn, I love planning. I love six, eight, nine months down the road. I already know which trips I'm going to take. I know where I'm going to go. I know, you know, I plan dinners like six months in advance. And on one hand, it's good. But on the other hand, I have to be flexible with those changes that if I've had plans and they change, that's okay too. And I think that's all part of the learning lesson that I'm still going through. And to circle back to what you said about life, um, I think about myself and how this, if this breakup would have happened when I was in my early 20s before I had begun my spiritual practice. And I think the thing that I'm most grateful for with my spiritual practice is that I can get off track and I can be off center, but my ability to get myself back on center with the help of my tribe and with the help of my spirit guides and the help of my team and the divine, I can get myself back on track center. And that's what I tell a lot of my clients is, you know, just because you're spiritual doesn't mean that you're not going to have challenge in life. It just means you're going to have more of a support, more understanding. And when you get knocked off center, you spend less time off center. You get yourself back on center a lot more quickly. And I think if this would have happened in my 20s, instead of giving myself a week of being a victim, you know, I can think of a breakups that where I was down for the count for a year, two years, just in victim mode and separation and isolation. And so for me to go from a year or two to one week, that's a pretty phenomenal, that's a pretty phenomenal change. And I'll take it and I'll take that win because I've invested 20 years of myself into myself with my spiritual practice. And would I prefer not to have any heartbreak this lifetime? Of course, like but sometimes during the heartbreak, that's where you learn the, the deepest lessons about yourself and where the deepest healings can occur. I feel and, like with heartache, when you're talking about that, that's when the greatest amount of light can come in too, because you are really in that experience of letting go and surrendering where you're like, okay, yeah, all right, let the light come in. I need this help and the support now. And you let go of that, um, that kind of human aspect of the ego where you're just holding on and attached to it, you unattached yeah. and you unequivocally just surrender in that moment. And that moment of grace is really when it can come in to support you. And I had so many amazing people show up for me. Um, <clears throat> I've always had a really small tribe of people in my life, spiritual uh, friends who when things would go south would be there for me in a, in a heartbeat. You're one of them, uh, Bria, Nicole, Nagar, different people. Um, but this time it was such a devastating loss. I, I think, wow, I need more people. And I really reached out to a lot of people from my work and friends that um, are not in the spiritual community and they showed up for me. And I'm so grateful to them because I think, it allowed my 3D brain to have support. Like I was getting so, so much support from the 5D world and my 5D friends that um, I realized, wow, Carol, you need to really get from help in the 3D world. This is a 3D's experience. Like getting broken up with is something that most people in the 3D plane can relate to. And I needed to have those friends show up for me. And my tribe of female friends really showed up for me and it I allowed myself to do it and I allowed myself to surrender which was a very challenging thing for me because I'm usually the rock and the the stable one and so for me to fall apart 
just literally fall apart. And for my friends to show up for me and support me and just come over and sit with me was a really deeply healing and profound moment for me that I felt that I could be, I could be surrounded and supported by so many people, so many aspects of life. And I think that has profoundly changed me. That's also love, right? Letting yourself receive love. Yeah. Which is also what, when you were in that meditation before you met and more in the relationship, you were asking Mm -hmm. about love. And connection and wanting to feel not alone in this. So if that experience, is that another gift then you think in terms of the breakup? Yeah. I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Like, it really allowed me to feel supported here in earth and in a 3d plane that I hadn't been feeling for a long time. And also coming out of quarantine and a pandemic and just to let everyone know, Carol was on the front lines of, you know, being a physician's assistant. She was actually, um, you know, doing COVID tests early on as well as, you know, the vaccinations. And so, you know, you were on the front lines, Carol, and I can't imagine in terms of the processing of the human experience or if you've processed it fully. So maybe even that, you know, that want of just that surrounded by community and the strength of community to receive that mm-hmm. compassion, that empathy, that love, because as we understand, giving and receiving is the same energy. Yet if you're giving, 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 and not allowing yourself to receive, mm-hmm. then you're in depletion. Mm-hmm. So what a beautiful gift that you really, that surrendering opened you up to allowing yourself to receive. And in receiving yeah. that love, the compassion, the support, that is a bent abundance, which then, you know, you know, in terms of the, the intentions that you have and the shifts that you're making in your life in other areas, it's like, I don't know, I'm coming, having a moment of like awe because <laughs> you have to be able to allow yourself to receive it in order for those other aspects to happen for abundance to flow to you. Cause you have mm-hmm. to feel like you're worthy of it. Yeah. So do you feel like your relationship with worthiness has changed through this? I do. And I think that, um, you know, being a frontline worker, we just were so focused on everybody else and doing, 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 being, being, being. And, um, it was very difficult to take time for myself because, you know, one of the things I do to recharge was travel and we could not travel, you know, and I had to find ways to recharge myself. And I probably was not doing such a great job, which is why I was asking for so much on the 3d plane. I just, I'm such a social person and with COVID and then having everything shut down and, you know, all my normal outlets of socialization were cut off. I think I was probably more sad and depressed than I realized at that time when I was asking for support and love and community. And I wanted it to be with this one person, but what the universe was saying was, you're asking for one, we're gonna give you many. Mm. That just gave me chills. I know. You're not gonna make me cry on your show, Henry. You know, I have 20 years of interview experience. You're like, I'm close though. <laughs> this is not Oprah. Stop it. Uh, but yeah, you know, and I, I think about it like, wow, you know, they gave me more than I actually asked for, which I think is worthiness, you know, because when you ask for money, you ask for, let's say a thousand dollars or whatever. 
but to pay whatever bill. But what if the universe really wants to give you 10? 10,000. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, it's a really great analogy about worthiness and am I willing to receive? And I think that I had to surrender so hard and, you know, I can be a little, um, I don't want to say hardheaded, but I can be a little stubborn sometimes about trying to do it on my own and, and not asking for help unless I really need it. And I think this just shook me so hard that there was no fight left in me. And I just surrendered so fast that the universe was like, finally, Carol, finally, we can now oh, man. give you, <laughs> you know, finally we released that concrete. <laughs> and Nicole once told me, you know, she's like, you're the car that like just runs into the cement like 15 times when you could just drive around it. But like after you <laughs> crash the first time, like you just want to prove to yourself that you can knock over the concrete. And she was like, at what point are you just going to be like, yeah, that's concrete. That doesn't feel good. Let's just drive around. I'm like, well, <laughs> she once she once said to me, you're the person that is like, instead of just finding the easiest fastest route up the mountain on the gondola you're like i've got to experience every single step and go all the way around the mountain i was like oh i don't need to do that anymore no i was like I'm, I'm done with that like i i feel like i have lost um <clears throat> my lesson she told me this analogy and i've been telling it to people that you find yourself on the side of a river and it's shallow enough that you could walk across but it's pretty cold. It's pretty windy and it's pretty far, but you could walk across it if you wanted. So a lot of people choose to walk across and they get to the other side and they're getting to the other side. They're exhausted. They're wet. They're cold. And they still have their journey to go on. She's like, or you could stop on the side of the road and look around and notice that there's some trees and some lumber and some hammers and nails. And you could just take the tools that you know and build a bridge and you could walk across the water and use your tools to keep you safe and to dry and warm. And yeah, it'll take, take a little bit longer, but you're going to get to the other side and you're not going to be so exhausted and you're going to be dry and your shoes are dry. So now you can keep walking. And that's the path I'm choosing now. I'm not going to walk through the water anymore. I'm going to look for my tools, build what I need and get to the other side. And if that requires me to wait or ask for help, that's what I'm doing. Cause I'm tired of getting to the other side of the lake wet and exhausted and alone and still having to do more work. Amazing. I love that. How incredible and powerful in terms of all these gifts that you now realize mm -hmm. and see. And yeah. it, and what's also interesting is that, you know, you are, you know, you, you are somebody who I would consider a way shower, a light worker. And just to describe that to the audience, basically that means that it's somebody who's out in front that they are carving new paths so that way it can support those who are coming and shifting as well. And oftentimes as a way shower, I feel that you experience things sometimes before a lot of the mainstream so that way you can support and help. And when I just heard you share this experience, I just, I don't know, I just am in, I'm kind of in awe and, and marvel at the fact that we're coming through quarantine and pandemic and now things are starting to shift and people are coming out where I'm noticing there is um, sadness, there's anxiety, there's stress, and so much of it 
is sometimes in a little bit seeming like unprocessed or unconscious. And they may not even be able to put their finger on, you know, why they're feeling maybe not so great or irritable. And, mm-hmm. and because you just had this huge experience and the shift, you're now able to then have this consciousness to then support even more people and be able to connect the story dots, which then once you can bring that realization, as you understand, it really supports clearing the dense energies, which then brings in the light, which then can allow then that person to draw the light to them to allow their own shift to happen. So that's really extraordinary, Carol. Thank you, Henry. And the thing that I'm realizing, you know, one of the main reasons why I love working with athletes is exactly what you said. The experience that I went through and being angry at my spirit guides, you know, a lot of athletes, um, when their careers come to an end, um, or even, you know, you're at a job for 20 years, you get let go because of the pandemic or whatever. Um, You're in a marriage, the person leaves you. Um, But taking it back to athletes, because that's what really what my focus is. Um, it is okay to be angry at your spirit guides and say, wow, you know, I tore my ACL and now I got cut from this sport. And now the life that I thought I knew is gone. And I'm angry with my spirit guides. I'm angry with my team because they know how important this job was for me. And this is what I wanted to do with my life. And a lot of people get stuck there in angry and victimhood. And then they collapse and feel paralyzed in that situation. And then there's that separation. And I I agree with you that as a way shower, sometimes I go through these experiences myself first in order to cut the brush so that we can have a path. And through my work. You don't have to go through the river and get wet and lose all that energy. (laughs) You can just go across the bridge of light. Like that's what I want to do is I want to teach people how to make a bridge and really understand everybody has this capability to heal and to learn and to grow like I did. And even if it's the most painful thing that you've ever been through, it is possible to learn lessons from it and take something and make something more beautiful from what you've deemed at first was a horrible, horrible, horrible situation. And um, that's the work that I want to do is I want to help people transform the, the thing that they thought that they wanted or the thing that they felt like their life past was is now gone. And I want to be the person with my tools and my guides and your guides to help you figure out that there's a different path. And that really is my calling. I love that. So just to share about in terms of being mad at spirit guides and career (laughs) transitions, (laughs) I have my own (laughs) and I had, I have, and I've had it, twice that's happened to me in my 20s and then um some years ago when i was career transitioning from television so the first time in my 20s i had known since i was five years old when i was living in massachusetts that one day i was going to move to california and work in television my guides so generously dropped in this information and so i had a knowingness i had an understanding of what my path was okay and even when the teachers in my, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. Anytime they would ask us students, so what do you wanna be when you grow up? Everybody would say, you know, lawyers, doctors, teachers. Um, And I would say, I'm gonna work in television and move to California. 
And I would get basically scolded in some ways by various teachers. Some of the nuns would say, no, that's not reasonable. That's not practical. And my spirit guides would come in and say, it's okay. They do not know what they're talking about. You're okay. And they would really soothe me through the process. And one of my spirit guides since I was a child is Ascended Master Jesus. And so he would often show up and sometimes we would be in religion class and he would share information how that's not quite how it happened and mm. and so i had this like i had this relationship and and it was like having an older brother who could just kind of zoom in and out wherever you were and it's amazing and so and i had this deep knowingness and you know, I, I went through college, I majored in communication, I did five internships, I, I saved $5,000 one summer to buy my one way plane ticket to move out to California. And all of it was just in this in my heart, I just understood the knowingness of where I was meant to be. And so I arrived in California, I arrived in Los Angeles, I get off the airplane, I'd never seen a palm tree. And because I was the kid that I was the kid that had to save money to move myself out, I couldn't fly back and forth to see it. I this was only the second time I had been on a plane. I just my guys were like, "You can do it," and I just got in the energy of bravery and courage. Got on that plane with all my belongings, and I moved to California, sight unseen. Wow! And I got wow. off, and I was like, I off at you know, Los Angeles International Airport, which LAX is not the prettiest airport. <laughs> and I got off the plane and I was like, oh my God, this is it. I had tears in my eyes. I was so devastated and so scared. And I felt like I had made the biggest mistake of my life. And I was like, what, what was happening here? And then I didn't have any like, you know, family per se. I moved out there with a friend from high school. He was just as lost, as confused as I was. And, and so I'm like, what do you do? And so I had some real talking to's to, you know, my spirit guides, one of them, Jesus. So I was like, seriously, buddy? Like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, this is oh not God. even pretty. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh my God, what are these palm trees? I mean, it took me a while to fall in love with the grace of a palm tree. Right, right. And so I was mad at, you know, Jesus, I call him JC. I was mad at the JC. And I was like, seriously, buddy, what the heck? And what's interesting though, is that, you know, in my twenties, it was really about me also really releasing um, aspects of beliefs that were no longer serving me. And some mm -hmm. of them was how I was raised in terms of religion. And so I went on this huge, like my twenties was all about journeying. Like, who am I? What do I believe in? And some of it was directed though at like JC. I was like, buddy, I don't even know. Do I even believe in you? Do you even right. exist? I'm not sure. I think you need to hang out a little further from me right now. Right. And so I had to go through this process of really going within and figuring out like who I am, what I am, what I believe. And then through that, in terms of my reconcile, like I reconciled then my relationship with Jesus as a spirit guide. And I came to it where, oh, you know, he's 
son of God, like I'm daughter of God. He's of divine source, like I'm of divine source. And it really then just fell into place in terms of my my deeper aspect of spirituality and my connectedness within. And and it sounds like something similar happened Mm -hmm. in terms of your own process of like surrendering. I will say though, that happened in my twenties. And then when I, you know, I eventually I got into my career and I was like, oh, now I know why, you know, I was guided here and, you know, to be in California and so much. Mm-hmm. Then when I career transitioned, holy moly. I mean, it was like, I had like the ugly cries. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just like, I mean, it you, you like you're heaving, you're on your knees, like, begging. I mean, it was so uncomfortable and difficult. I was texting Nicole. I was like, I think, I think, I think I need to go get on some like anxiety or depression medication. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it was like intense and, you know, and she would, you know, offer solace and, you know, obviously say, if you need to go see, you know, a a therapist, then absolutely go take yourself in terms of therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just offering the context of what I was moving through. But basically I was, it was, I was releasing some really old um, programming and paradigms and I was shifting and I was going through what some people would say, um, you know, the, that ascension process, whatever you want to call it. But I was shedding so many layers and it was really, you know, you had the seven days. It was, I had a seven day time frame that was really difficult. And then it was like another like three months that mm. I was like in it. And I think part of my challenge was, is that um, in terms of my own um, resistance, I was resisting letting go. I was resisting surrendering, which caused my human even more pain. Mm. That being said, um, because I had workshopped, you know, so many tools over the years, I knew much like you where, you know, I was in it for like seven days. And then I was like, oh, okay. I started getting the guidance, you know, okay, meditation. And I started doing 40 day meditation sets with Kundalini, Reiki energy healing, um, and also mindfulness where I started layering the tools and I started noticing that um, I started feeling better and that there was more space in between some of the, um, you know, just some of the pain. And I'm like, okay, I'm starting to really heal. Yet it was my attachment, though, of when I was five years old, I was told I was going to work in television and that's my happily ever after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like it was my attachment to the information yeah. that my human was having trouble letting go of, mm-hmm. in which I want to just bring to the point where psychic information, where sometimes I recognize and see this with clients where they've been downloaded information or they've received psychic information, maybe from someone else, and that you're holding on to it so tightly, you don't want to let it go. You're like, but no, this is what they said is going to be. Mm-hmm. At a certain time, the energy may be complete or it may be best you know, for you to shift to another area. Like for me, my shifting from that point with television and career transitioning fully into practitioner work, they were preparing me for when the pandemic was coming because my pandemic was completely different than some of my, some of my former colleagues in television because television industry obviously had to shut down for a certain period of time. Whereas me, I had already been living 
that life of, you know, long walks. I had been half my business was remote. So my transition was really easy mm-hmm. as opposed to really abrupt and everything changing. And oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Where am I going to get my, my jobs? I was already in the flow of it. So them guiding me to career transition was actually for my highest good and was the gift because I had been living that way. Mm-hmm. Yet for my human, my human was so caught in the fear programs. And I also had an attachment to, I don't understand. You told me something when I was five, how is this <laughs> like, what do you mean? I, mm-hmm. I don't, my whole life has led up to this. And now you're telling me, and I love working in television. I love stories. I love creating. What do you mean? It's time for me to go. I don't, I don't get it. And, mm-hmm. and I couldn't just accept that newness of the moment and understand that it's for my highest good and let myself move with more ease and grace. I was really holding on, which really caused me a lot more pain and suffering than if I would have just been like, okay, it's okay that you don't know everything right now. You're going to be okay. Let yourself be grounded and aligned. Let yourself receive the love and the care and let yourself, you know, process the disappointment and the grief and the anger instead of being angry at the anger and angry at the information. So I just love to talk about like, you know, psychic information and how to actually support people through and knowing and your human experience that that information, like, yes, it may be a soulmate because I see this a lot with love relationships. Yes, it may be a soulmate. That doesn't mean, though, at a certain point that, you know, it's going to be it could be happily ever after. There could be moments where you have breaks in it. And how can you let yourself Mm -hmm. flow effortlessly, knowing that it's going to be for the highest good? Can you speak to that? I think it goes back to expectations. Our human brain is looking for consistency and homeostasis. You know, as a medical provider, that's the one thing we've always learned. The body is always trying to regulate itself to homeostasis. And the mind is part of that too. So our 3D mind and body and emotions always want everything to be predictable and to understand where we're at today. And today is, and tomorrow's going to be like today. I read, heard a story one time that 95% of our choices we make on any given day are automatic. We just don't even think about it, right? So that leaves about 5% of our choices are actually thought conscious. through. Conscious? Wow. Yeah, conscious. Yeah. So, um, and there's ways- Wait, We have to take to that be- in for a moment. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think, think about when it. I'm playing, like- when I'm playing Wordle, that's a total conscious choice. <laughs> Correct. But think about when you get up. Most people get up on the same side of bed. They turn their alarm off. They get up. They brush their teeth with the same hand, with the same toothpaste. And then they jump in the shower with the shampoo. So I always tell people, do you want to really notice a difference in about making maybe even a 6% conscious change? Brush your teeth with your non-dominant hand tomorrow. Brush your hair with your non-dominant hand. Get dressed and put, instead of putting your right leg in your pant first, put your left. And you'll notice your brain's going to do one of two things. It's going to fight you or it's going to panic. I can't, I can't brush my teeth. You know, I'm left-handed. I can't brush my teeth with my right hand. That's going to feel weird. I'm going to make a mess. I've already got my shirt on. I can't do it. 
or they're going to say, Carol, if you use your right hand, you're not going to do it as well. And then we're going to get cavities and then we're going to have to go to the dentist and you're going to have cavities. The brain is going to fight you. So if the brain is going to fight you over which hand you brush your teeth with, imagine what your brain's going to do with bigger decisions in your life. Your brain is going to fight you. It wants homeostasis. It wants predictability and routine. So when you're going through these situations and understanding how change happens in your life in regard to like relationships or in regard to downloaded information from our soul, well, guess what the brain does? It wants it to predict it and it wants reliability and structure and predictability. So if you get downloaded, oh, this is my soulmate. This is the person I'm supposed to be with. The brain's like already figured out the next 50 years of your life. You've already got the wedding dress. You've already got the venue. You've already got the honeymoon. You've already got the kids. You've, you've got everything, right? But what if this person was your soulmate for five years to teach you exactly what you needed to learn? And then that relationship is over. And then you go on to another person, which is why I don't really like the term soulmates. I'm not a big fan of it. I think they're just contracts you've made with people for a specific period of time to learn things and have your soul grow. Um, but let's say that was the best five years of your life and then your relationship is over. Okay, I'll take those five years, right? But our human brain is like, no, 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 no. You promised me this, so I want this. And it's the expectation of pre pre predictability that our brain holds on to. So even though the information is correct, but we know that time here is different than time on the other side, it's true, they are our person but we want it to be forever and they want it to be five years. Person so. for now. For now. You're my person, person for, for now. now. And, and I see for now means today. Yeah. Not exactly. even tomorrow. This moment. Today. <laughs> Not even later today, right now. But imagine your brain, like you're using your right hand to brush your teeth. Imagine trying to tell your brain, well, I'm with this person today. I don't know about tomorrow. Your brain's going to fight you and freak out. And that's where using the tools daily can really yes. support you because in those bigger moments, you can catch yourself faster and using mm -hmm. reframing, using affirmations, you can support the mental health as well as the emotional, as well as the physical. Yeah. And I would a lot of anxiety comes with predicting in the future. Like, how am I going to feel tomorrow? Like what's going to happen with, or how are we going to do this? It's like, that's all anxious making thought processes. That's the monkey mind. It's like, how do you turn that off? Well, you live in the moment, you live in the present, but that's boring and nobody likes that, you know? Well, also Everybody too, likes just, just learning how to work with your monkey mind. Mm -hmm. um, that's where, you know, different types of meditations can really support you and catching yourself and learning. And I think, you know, in our, each of our individual work with Nicole, you know, something that, you know, we had to really do was learn how to catch ourselves and look through the timeline and understand like, oh, I see what happened there and mm -hmm. take responsibility for self, like mm -hmm. in each of the situations, which, you know, my early years with Nicole, it was difficult. It was difficult looking at yourself in the mirror going, oh yeah, that was me. Oh yeah, I mm -hmm. see myself there. Um, yet now, it's, you know, I do it in such TLC, like, oh, I see. And you do catch yourself faster from the practice of it. Um, mm -hmm. So I would also, you know, I, I, I agree with you in terms of soulmates. I think that there's so much material out there 
that, you know, if somebody's feeling lonely, they just want that deep connection with the heart and you really yearn for it. So when you mm -hmm. have it, it's really difficult because if you don't have numerous soul connections in the human experience and you have that one, it is so exciting when you have it. And so then the thought of them leaving can cause the human, but that's where the more you go within to deepen your own connection with self and your spirit guides, as well as like you said, creating more of a community of, you know, in terms of not only spiritually minded, but also just all kinds of different friends. Like I have mm -hmm. all different kinds of friends to support mm -hmm. my human. It can just hold value to you as you move through your process. And also in terms of soulmates, your soulmate does not have to be like a romantic partner. You can have, it's it's like, you can have like soul sisters. Like I feel like mm -hmm. you're one of my soul sisters. Mm -hmm. You know, we come from the same soul tribe. We have very similar experiences that we can relate to. Mm -hmm. And so really just opening up your, your definition of it as well and being in gratitude for those deep connections. Um, something I also wanna talk about before we, I know we're gonna start to wrap up. So, um, I do have a client that she is, um, she is six years old and she was asking about her spirit guides recently, you know, through her parent to me saying, you know, I feel like sometimes my, she can see her spirit guides. She goes, sometimes I feel like they're really busy. Like they're too busy for me. And what I said is they can help everyone out, but how would you explain that in terms of how spirit guides can help so many people at once out? I think it goes back to time, like how time doesn't really <clears throat> isn't measured on on the other dimension like it is here. I think energy and thought processes are different over there. And so our brains are designed to focus on one task at a time, maybe two. But I think on the other side, the consciousness is so vast and can do 50 things at the same time without it even blinking, you know, and I think just like how some people can multitask effortlessly and some people can only do one thing at a time. I think when we get to the other side, we're our ability to multitask and function and be aware on so many planes at so many times and help so many people. I think that's just the evolution of our, of our soul and our spirituality is to be there for more people at the same time and still be present. So Anybody who is wondering, I just want to put that out to there that yes, you can ask your spirit guides for help and they can equally help someone else. Because what was yeah. interesting is that in terms of this client, she was, she felt like, and I think that this is going into more of the humanness as you age. Well, that person may have bigger problems than me. So they need, mm -hmm. they really need help, which then can put you in a situation where you're not allowing yourself to receive and ask for help which then you're then over, like you're, you're giving too much. Yeah. Which, so everyone, your spirit guides can help you as well as someone else equally. So please ask for help for your highest good. And now Carol, before we, you're gonna do a energy healing meditation to reconnect mm -hmm. with the spirit guides. I would love though for you to just kind of summarize, you know, what support that you received from Nicole and any other tools that supported you in terms of healing and releasing the anger. And then also, you know, healing the trust aspect of it with your spirit guides. I think there's a lot of amazing healers here in LA. I think one of the things I did was obviously Reiki with you. I think crystal healing is amazing. Walks in nature. 
um, Dom, who is a sound healer, friend of ours doing sound healing, somatic, uh, release and massage work is really potent. Uh, when that trauma gets trapped in your body, um, <clears throat> my roommate does uh, breath work. Breath work is really powerful for letting go of, um, frustration and anger that might be trapped in, in your body. Um, I also went and saw, um, an astrologer, which was very interesting. I don't think I talked about that. Um, Sometimes there are things that are predetermined in your chart. And that was actually the astrologer looked at my chart and said, wow, yeah, this breakup was predetermined in your chart. There was a very traumatic, uh, in my chart was a very traumatic break from somebody that I loved in that month that was going to happen. And so I think whatever feels organic and helpful to you, and if you don't know, then just try it. It's like a buffet. You go to a buffet, you like the food, some of them you like, some of them you don't, you don't have to eat it if you don't like it, just move on. But the things that you do like, be okay spending money on yourself to heal. That's the biggest lesson. I was just like, I don't care. I'm going to pay for it. I don't care. I, I'd want to feel better. And be okay spending money on yourself to make yourself feel better, to improve yourself and invest the money in yourself like you would somebody else. If Henry's was upset and sad, I would have no problem going to Santa Monica and buying $50 dinner and taking it to her and saying, here you go. Please. Yes. yes, Yeah. I'll receive that. Right. (laughs) Yet for ourselves, we have a hard time saying I'll go spend $50 on myself for that dinner and take it to myself. And I think putting yourself first and realizing you're worthy to heal and to be loved and be taken care of by yourself is the biggest lesson I learned from this experience. Amazing. And now apologizing like to my soul guides and my spirit team for being upset that. with them. Oh yeah. I totally had to eat crow and apologize and say, wow, you guys were right. I was wrong. And I'm sorry. I yelled at you. And they're like, eh, whatever. Like they don't care. I mean, they care that you apologize because it's part of the learning process, but they don't get upset and mad at us because we're having the experience, they understand what they signed up for when they decided to be our spirit guides. And they understand the challenges that we face here and, and the polarity that we have to deal with that they don't have to deal with on that side. And so they don't get offended and upset by us because we're mad at them. They want us to come to a place of neutrality and forgiveness because they know it's better for us and they know we're happy when we do that. It has nothing to do with them. So in some of my research, I read that um, some people were asking about um, whether or not spirit guides get mad at us. Mm -hmm. So can you answer that? It's my opinion that they do not. I think their level of awareness is way more sophisticated than ours. And I think they understand the challenges that we face. And I think they have much more compassion and grace for us than we have for ourselves. I agree with that. So we would, we would assume, oh, if it was me, of course I'd be mad at you. It's like, but no, I'm not a spirit guide. I'm Carol in a 3D, 3D form right now. So yes, of course I'd want an apology, but they're, I'm not them. I don't have their awareness and their grace and their understanding. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would say, you know, just to kind of my relationship with my spirit guides, I did a, I did also an apology. And then in terms of, um, you know, with Jesus, JC, 
it's, you know, in some ways our friendship in some ways have grown even stronger. Mm -hmm. And he, I do this meditate with me in the morning with a group of people and he often comes in and during it, he will be sitting in front of me meditating with me. And it's, it's one of the most amazing mm -hmm. things because when he comes in, it's just the level of just energy and frequency they're bringing in. It's like, I just can just feel the expansion and the shifting. It's amazing. And so it just brings me to so much gratitude of mm -hmm. all of the experiences and my also human willingness also to be like, okay, Henry, you can mm -hmm. release this and you can forgive right. and, and then strengthening your relationship. Okay, so can you bring us through now uh, a quick energy healing meditation mm -hmm. where you can, you know, reconnect with your spirit guides for highest good, maybe even if there has to be an apology, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Would you do that for us? Sure. Close our eyes. We take a few deep breaths. We settle into the chair, the ground. Our feet are connected into Mother Earth. We call in the divine, our guides, our gurus, the white light, ascended masters, our team of helpers, anybody in the white light who wishes to be a part of this healing. I call in my team. And I stand before them. Offering my sincerest apologies. That my human mind, my human brain couldn't understand and the concepts that we discussed a year ago that because my human heart and brain were hurt, that I took my frustrations and anger out to my team. Having awareness now of my part in the situation that transpired, having reviewed contracts and speaking to other healers, understanding the part that I played, I understand my role and everything that has happened to me has been for my highest and best good. And therefore I thank you. I thank you for allowing me to have this experience for bringing the lessons and bringing forth the healing that has taken place and that has been transpired for me and my best good and for my highest and profound self. I ask for our con connection to remain strong, tethered. I ask for divine light to shine over us as we have this healing. And for anybody else who's been having anger or frustration or sadness with their team, a feeling of being let down or lied to or a misunderstanding, if you wanna take the next two minutes to express your feelings, knowing that your team will never be angry or frustrated or 
irritated with you and they will never leave you because of this. To say what needs to be said and then to listen. Listen to your team and listen to their care and their understanding and their desire to help you to be the best and highest version of yourself. And sometimes that requires you to go through the fire. But know that they offer the tools necessary for you to bridge, to make that bridge so you can go across the water. It is their desire for you to not have to walk across the cold water by yourself, but they offer tools to help you build the bridge so that you can walk across safely to the other side and allow yourself to get the guidance from your team. You can get that guidance through meditation, through prayer, through other healers, through walks in nature, through exercise. Allow your team to heal you. Allow your team to love you and support you. Just as my team has allowed, I've allowed my team to love and support me through this experience. And I hope that through my experience, you have learned something that will, you can take with you. Knowing that I am you and you are me. And we learn from each other. With much gratitude to our teams, we say thank you. We love you. And we look forward to working with you. We take a moment to breathe in the support they've given us, all the love, all the wisdom, the knowledge, the support. We take that back into our consciousness. We're back to presence. Thank you so much, Carol. It was beautiful. Oh, that felt good. So thank you everyone for joining mm -hmm. us. Feel free to listen to this as often as you feel you need to, to support further clearing, uplifting, elevating your consciousness. But before we go, Carol, how can people reach you? How can they work with you? What is the best way to do this? So, oh. My dogs want to work with you first. <laughs> Your team is like, yes, yes, My yes. My team is like, yes, yes. So uh, on Instagram, you can find me on self, S-E-L-F underscore mastery underscore coach. So self mastery coach. Um, you can also reach out to the, me via my email, which is carol, C-A-R-O-L-D-007 at gmail.com. Great. Thank you so much for joining and thank you so much for sharing. And anyone, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me as well. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook at inspiringyou.co. Much love, light and Reiki blessings, everyone. Thank you.